We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. All right, welcome in. I got to change all these, Jim. It's Beamaz or Beamer. Now, that's the new. You're going to get one of us. Maybe sometimes both of us. Maybe. Uh, Joe is off today. You got me here with you. You got old man Brian. Here, I am like, I don't know. I'm falling apart, Jim. I I, I still, you know, you're going to, I sound a little hoarse, not COVID. Uh, but, you know, I was out Sunday night. That probably set it off. I was actually pretty good on Monday. My voice was fine. I woke up yesterday and it like set in that I was just losing everything from uh, having a good time on Sunday night. My voice is all raspy and hoarse, and it's not good for you. I've learned this over the last 24 hours. Doing five hours of radio is not how you get your voice back. It actually doesn't help things out. So I'm still feeling that today. And then my back, I'm. this is the real old man Brian thing, is I was uh, shoveling a lot of dirt on Saturday, and I was fine the last couple of days. I must have uh, rolled over the wrong way in bed on uh, Monday night because the past two days this is how you know the back pain is serious is I I had to have my wife google the back pain that's there's no there's very rarely a doctor's visit but in my house you know things are serious if I ask my wife to google what a uh, back pain on the side means you know just to make sure it's not a kidney or something like that that's irritating me so much can you have your little one walk around on your back oh I've tried it's Jim I'm trying. I am trying to uh, get him to uh, work the massage gun that we have at the house uh, to do everything like that. He is just not having a part of it. And what he does, it, it just is not the same, right? I mean, he just likes to beat on me. It's, it doesn't really have the massaging effect. I think it'll be a couple more years before he really gets the hang of that thing. So in the meantime, I'm suffering. Hopefully you guys can help me through it. Old man Brian here with you on WBEN, where we're, uh, I mean, there's so much to look at, so much to talk about after yesterday with the new governor in place, right? Uh, Kathy Hochul, and she wasted really no time in implementing some things that we all kind of saw coming, right? Uh, that we all were talking about for the past two weeks since we knew that she was going to take over for Andrew Cuomo, who, by the way, you know, more and more, you're, whether it's the tweets, whether it's interviews given in the media, 
or I've seen some op-eds in uh, local papers from members of the Assembly, members of the State Senate. I mean, Andrew Cuomo could apparently not have been any more disliked within his own party. I mean, everything is just uh, anti-Andrew all over the place, which kind of makes you think uh, you weren't really hearing any of this, right, Uh, two months ago even. It seemed like it wasn't there. But all of a sudden, it's everywhere. You know, thank you. A return to hopefully uh, cooperative governing in Albany. Um, You're seeing that again and again and again. It makes you wonder uh, what exactly was going on over the last decade under Andrew Cuomo. Because uh, everyone's coming out right now. This is uh, Bill Conrad who uh, wrote this in the Kenton B. Governor Hochul and the return of collaborative governing to Albany. The latest coming out and saying, well, what was happening under Governor Cuomo just wasn't working. Still didn't stop the legislature from taking away those emergency powers for over a year. But uh, now, uh, a year and a half after that was uh, given to the governor, we're starting to hear all of this given out, uh, coming out at least. Well, uh, one of the interesting things that I thought was uh, that we heard from the governor yesterday, and we'll be taking your calls throughout 803-0930. You can give me a call. Send a text to our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, 803-0930, was the vaccination mandate that was announced by Lieutenant Governor Hochul yesterday. And, you know, as we get into the discussion, to me, this is less about the idea of a vaccination mandate, right? It's less about whether you agree or disagree with the vaccine mandate. It's more about how this is being implemented right now, and what it tells us about the pandemic and the response as a whole, and kind of what we're seeing, right? Because what was announced by the governor yesterday, a vaccination mandate, or else you'll have to be tested once a week. So it's not really a mandate at all. Um, Now, the governor said this morning that she's working with teachers' unions, on a statewide vaccine mandate for school workers in New York. She said she didn't have the authority to do that herself. But to me, I mean, the whole discussion and what we heard from the governor kind of shows something greater, and that shows, you know, who is really driving the bus, so to speak, in all of this. Now, all across the state, and we heard a little bit from our conversation earlier this morning with Phil Rumor um, about mandates for students mandates for teachers you know why I asked that question and why I he said that he he does not see that happening where a vaccine would be mandated for students but not for teachers and I'll take him at his word for it I mean he would he should know more than I do on that topic but why I asked that is because you're seeing exactly the same thing in SUNY schools across the country including UB telling students you'll be kicked out of classes and we'll keep your money too if you're not vaccinated uh, no in-person classes for you yet for teachers not the same thing it's just encouraged you'll be tested every now and then for uh, staff at the university of buffalo and for teachers right uh, the same thing is kind of going on for schools right now that all across the state you're seeing actual mandates in many different areas yet for teachers who In many cases, and this is not, this is a generalization, right? So this doesn't apply in every case. You have to be careful here. But in many cases across the country, it was teachers who were pushing for vaccines for everyone 
before schools could open their doors, right, in many areas of the country. That's why teachers were given priority in many uh, uh, areas, right? It was the elderly. It was those over 75. It was people with certain underlying health conditions. And it was teachers. And the goal was, well, teachers have been clamoring for this. They say this is what we need to get kids back in school. So let's give it to them. And that was a year ago. Or six months ago, you know, not quite a year. But that was a very long time ago. And now we're talking about a a mandate and we're excluding teachers from this idea. And it goes back to this notion of what's been going on over the last year and a half when it comes to schools that it's what drives people nuts when it comes to schools. Um, And this, I think, goes for parents, uh, administrators, everybody who's on the left or on the right, right, where schools in areas that are left-leaning or areas with strong unions were far more likely to be closed than places in the South, than schools in other areas of the country over the course of the last year and a half. And that's that makes no sense according to the science, right? Um, that makes no sense. That's That's a political decision. It's playing politics, it's it's policy, but it's certainly not the virus driving that decision over the last several months, uh, year and a half. I'm losing track of time, as uh, we can tell over the last several uh, months, but the, over the last year and a half. It's basically become, as soon as Donald Trump said school should reopen, uh, people just kind of, uh, you know, they went, well, okay, boom. All right, well, he's for it, I'm against it. Or he's for it, I'm for it. And the conversation has really, it's take it's like a, a turning that ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal, right? That, you know, once people went that way with the conversation, it's been like trying to turn that huge freighter around to get people to think more logically about the topic. And I was kind of taken aback when we heard from Phil Rumor that he said he has no idea how many teachers are vaccinated. How is that the case? You have no idea how many teachers are vaccinated. After everything we've been through, after teachers getting priority for the vaccine, after mandates on students in colleges would make it seem to parents like this might be coming for kids as soon as the vaccine is approved in younger age groups, and we're talking so much about getting kids back in school, we have no idea how many teachers are vaccinated. I mean, how is that the case? All across the country, I know I'm not alone when I was asked by my employer if I'm vaccinated. I mean, how many others were asked? How many other people out there? You can wait, eight oh three oh nine thirty. How many other people have been asked by their employer, are you vaccinated? How many had to go a step further, and you're not just asked about it, You have to upload your vaccine card into a database online, and it takes everybody, and you have an exact number. Who is? Who isn't? I mean, before that, it goes a step further. I was asked every day how hard or soft my stool is, right? Uh, But somehow, they have no idea how many teachers are vaccinated. And how we have kind of gone from, this is the priority, we need this, to get some sort of normalcy back in our school to, well, 
it's okay to ask or mandate for everybody else, but hands off of this one segment. It just doesn't make sense. After school's being closed for a year and a half, we still have no idea. I, it just doesn't add up to me, and it kind of goes back to who's driving the bus. I mean, that's a strong union for you. If you have no idea, after all of that, that is a strong union. John and Eden, you're on WBEM. What's going on? Hi, how are you? First off, I'm just going to let you know what side of the fence I'm on. I'm on uh, an anti-vaxxer and a anti-mandate person. Um, with that being said, uh, why they can't ask the teachers is because we still have HIPAA laws and we still have health laws. You can't ask somebody with a disability, what's your disability and where to get it from? You just, you just can't do it. All right. And on the aspect of the, the vaccination mandates, we have a vaccination that's been approved in less than eight months. Okay. Without going through the trials and if you look in the paragraph of vaccine, vaccine mandate, it explicitly states you have to give full disclosure of its ingredients, its adverse effects, and everything. And that usually takes one to two years, okay? So that being said, number one, how did the FDA push this through in less than eight months and then make it mandatory, all right? So that's my first you know, point. The second point is the death rate on children from this virus is under 400 nationwide since the inception of COVID. And you can look this up on the CDC website if anybody wants to fact check me. Um, So therefore, that being said, to put a mask on a kid eight hours a day, seven days a week, five days a week, I'm sorry, and then to ask them to keep it on, that's just, and, and not let a parent make that decision, that's unconstitutional. Well, hey, John, I appreciate the call, and I, I think a lot of parents are sharing that. I With the the masking, I, it, it brings up a few different uh, points, and I think there are a few things that uh, a lot of parents are maybe taking issue with when it comes to the masking and the quarantine rule uh, in particular, right? Because it, it's the rules put together. They have to make sense. I think people are at a point where, in this pandemic, where we're done saying, you know, okay, whatever is safe, you know, whatever you say, and people are thinking a little bit more about the individual rule. We saw this with restaurants, right? I I think that's when the dam started to break, when you're allowed inside of a restaurant and you have to wear your mask. If you stand up, you have to wear a mask. We could get in trouble, could get fined if you're not. But if you're sitting down, I mean, everyone's there and your mask is off. And that's when people, I think, started to be like, wait, what a second. Oh, this doesn't really make all that much sense. And I think on the school part of this, with the masking, listen, a lot of parents can understand the masking policy. Everyone kind of expected this to happen in the first place. But when you combine that with the quarantine rule that's in effect, right? So if... The masks are effective in the classroom setting, which we know it is, right? We know that kids can be in school. Now, you can say masked or unmasked, depending on what you're looking at, right? Because different areas of the country have done it completely differently. But kids can be in a school setting, and it's not a super spreader. It's not a huge danger of spread. It's actually safer than being out of school and in the general community. And we put masks on that. And the mask is an extra layer of protection. 
So if we have the masks, why do we also have the quarantine? Right? If one person tests positive, anyone who's in within three feet of that child has to be out of school for two weeks now. The point of the masking should be to say, well, all right, that doesn't have to be the case because one person had a positive uh, test result. Everyone's wearing a mask inside the school, so we can kind of go on. That one person can have their 10-day quarantine, but everybody else within the school can kind of go on because we have the mask. And if that's not the case, then why do we have the mask? If everyone's going to be forced to quarantine, it was within three feet. I think that's when people start to ask questions. You know, things that combined don't really add up in your head, right? That it doesn't quite make sense. And by the way, we are going to get to see this yet again. You're going to be able to compare areas all across the world. The UK is not going to mandate masks in schools. So we'll see what happens uh, between here, uh, over there, and in many areas of the country, the differences between masks and no masks. Uh, Kathy, you're on WBEM. What's going on? Yeah, I, I just think it's such a slippery slope to start asking people these very intimate and personal questions. I mean, we can't ask about HIV. Did you have HIV? Did you have sex before marriage? I mean, those are things that your employer has no business and shouldn't know. And I understand everybody's worried about safety and everything else. But that is something that's so personal, and and it causes such controversy, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, you know, depending on somebody's political view or, or how they feel personally or religious, that you can really start start a downward spiral that we're going to start asking the questions like they we do and they do they're doing in australia which we're all horrified how yeah to see some of the news reports i was just watching one this morning kathy out of australia where you had what teenagers down by the docks getting arrested for hanging out outside uh now there's two parts to the argument you made one i agree with one i think is you know a load of hoo-ha right and that is okay. the the person you know a deeply personal decision your vaccination i just uh, really you know is it uh, people are going around all over the- it's it's whether you got a shot with a covid vaccine in it i don't think it's that personal i'll, I'll tell anyone if i got a flu shot i'll tell anyone if i got a, a covid vaccine that is not the same as your intimate history or, you know, some of these other uh, medical decisions that we're talking about, at least in my head. Now, the one thing where I definitely agree with you is it is causing this stress where now all of a sudden, you're, uh, whether you're vaccinated or you're unvaccinated, we're creating a tension that, depending on the workplace, most of them, I would say, is not really needed. Right. And I think that's, I mean, I understand your question, you know, and your hoo-ha answer. I, I, I understand that. But because of the tension that it's causing, it's, 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 it's making it something that may, people don't want to share or share other things. Because, like I say, you can't, under, you can't ask about HIV, which is a communicable disease. And there was, it was funny. I was telling your screener, we went to the Wyoming County Fair. And there was a, a display done by a young a person that was, they did all the pandemics and epidemics in the, um, throughout the history that they had put. And they had started everything from Black Plague to almost COVID to up to COVID-19. Every single plague or epidemic 
had a higher death rate and a higher transmission rate. The, uh, the only thing that was different is as you have more people on the planet, if anybody knows percentages, when you have a higher percentage of people, you're going to have a higher number because there's more people. But um, HIV was even more deadly, and I, I took a picture of it. It was more deadly than COVID-19. And, and they had put, I'm sure they did their research, and, you know, somebody would have to verify it, but if it was done properly, everything was more communicable, more deadly. And I just think it, it was interesting for me because this is still, it's got the, so much attention and it's causing so much, you know, controversy. And I understand, you know, I had COVID, I understand, but when are we going to let this go? It might be more like a flu as it gets more virulent and more communicable. But those tensions, because of the politicizing of this and the arm of the law kind of coming down on top of us and just like, you've got to do this, makes everybody uncomfortable even to answer the question. Yeah, Kathy, I appreciate the call. Unfortunately, we have to go, but uh, thanks for calling in. 803-0930 if you want to give us a call as we head into the break. I, I do not discount, and I think that a lot of people have, and I think it's at a detriment to all of us, that point about division. And you can say, well, you know, okay, there's an argument, but this is a life and death situation. I, it, It's not a good thing to be setting us up to head into every situation, every time you head into work, the office, anywhere, you know, I'm going to New York City this weekend. I have to bring my little card around to get into, I think, anywhere. Um, I, I is, Are we really weighing the risks and reward of that? of, you know, stopping a big portion of the population from taking part in society based on this vaccination test that, as we've heard quite a few times from a lot of uh, very smart people, smarter than me, that if you are vaccinated, you really don't have anything to worry about, right? I I don't know. I don't think it's a crazy thing to be looking at these questions and saying, well, is this the right approach given what the result will be, even if we're, it's working to mitigate the spread of COVID in some, I mean, what, uh, really uncalculable way. Let us know, 803-0930 here on WBEN. It's Beamaz and Beamer, News Radio 930 WBEN. We're back here, BMAS and Beamer on WBEN. No Beamer today, just me hanging out with you. And we're talking uh, a lot about the vaccination mandate, or at least asking the question, right? Uh, I know a lot of people out there have had that question asked by their employers. Have you been vaccinated? It's uh, some, of the, some employers requiring that for a return into work. And we asked Phil Rumor, Buffalo Teacher Federation president this morning, if he knows the teacher vaccination rate. And he said he didn't have a clue what the teacher vaccination rate was. Which, aside from the idea of a mandate, aside from the idea of asking just that we have placed such an emphasis on teachers being vaccinated, that that has has been such a priority, and that that has been such a lightning point in the school reopening discussion, for us to now, six months later, say, well, I have no idea. I don't know. Not my business to ask, not my business to know. Does seem a little bit odd. 
that in every other form, you know, every other place of employment we're asking, but in that one that we place so much importance on, we don't really know, right? And that's, that's a little strange. And also, and we're talking about schools in general. Some of the new mandates put on, it is a mask mandate by the state of New York. And, you know, many school leaders, uh, we heard this morning, praising the new governor's decision. We've heard a lot of people talk over the past uh, month of the state not mandating rules as uh, we heard this term a lot. It's abdicating their responsibility. They're putting aside that they're passing the buck, acting like the state was taking the coward's way out. I've always kind of felt that, you know, isn't this right now the opposite? Isn't complaining about no state mandate almost the opposite? Because now is your opportunity. I mean, any local school district, if you wanted to, could put down their mask mandate. Um, You could make any sort of COVID rules that you would like uh, with parent input. This is what we've been waiting for, local control. But what? Um, You don't want to face the criticism? I mean, is that what it comes down to? At the end, you'd rather have somebody else up high make the decision and now, now we have to follow it. You don't want to take the time to make that decision yourself or be burdened or saddled with that. I, that always seemed a little wrong in me. I, I was never of the mind that the state was uh, kicking the can on their decision, that the state was um, you know, not right for not mandating a set of rules. I always saw, uh, saw that as, hey, we're giving the power back in the hands of parents, back in the hands of local districts. This is what you've been asking for for a year. And now, what, there's complaints because we're not telling you what to do? It never quite made sense to me. Jim in Hamburg, you're on WBEN. What's going on, Jim? Yeah, I've got a couple questions. First, but all these little kids having to put masks on, right? You know if you're a parent, they're constantly, noses are running, they're sneezing, whatever. Is Who's going to be changing these masks? Are they have your kid going to have to sit there for eight hours? sucking back in his snot. I mean, uh, is the teachers going to change it? Is Kathy Hochul going to go around and change the mask? Who's, when the the mask is soaking wet and it's running down his face, what happens then? Well, Jim, if you're like me, no one's going to change it, right? Uh, Any mask I wear is picked up off my dirty car floor and it's put on, and there's probably no way that that's better for me than breathing in any sort of fresh air. I mean, listen, The mask in school conversation is one that what I've been saying the entire time over the last few months is it just needs to be had. I don't I feel like it hasn't been had. It's a complex conversation. And and I there's complexities, even if you are. Listen, I would love to be militant about this on one side or the other. But even if you are the most militant uh, anti mask in schools person and you believe strongly that it doesn't do anything for COVID, but it does a million things to do harm to kids, even if you are that person, I mean, you have to also, I mean, look at the entire situation and say, listen, there's going to be a large part of the population of parents who would not send their children to school if there wasn't a mask mandate because they wouldn't think it's safe. Because they're on the opposite side of the fence as you. And that's not good either. To have a huge population of students excluded 
because of a school policy. I mean, these are the things that you have to balance. Even if you are the person who thinks it's, I am completely right, masks should not be in school, to completely ignore everyone who feels the opposite way and ignore the kids who wouldn't be in school because of that, that makes it a wrong stance too. So, I mean, it's it's a, a very touchy subject that I, I less and less people are able to reasonably have a discussion about it. I mean, I, I think that you could take this quarantine rule and, and say, well, here's we have this harsh quarantine rule that could be a reason to say no masks are needed in school. I mean, there could be a give and take. You could say that masks are required when you are uh, speaking about the general population or classroom, but in one-on-one or small settings, they're not. That if you're working closely with a teacher, maybe it's not. Uh, maybe it's not a hard, fast rule. I mean, I think there are points to this conversation that really aren't being had that makes us all worse off for not having the part of the conversation, right? Um I, I don't know. That's just where I kind of uh, lie on that, that even if you are uh, totally one way or the other, I think you can look at that and still see the downfalls of going hardline one way or the other. I just want the conversation to be had, which seems like it's not. Uh, even with the governor's talking uh, point yesterday of saying masks in school, she said it's a no-brainer. And I'm, I'm not 100% convinced that it's no-brainer level, right? Uh, because many schools have been operating without a, a universal mask policy. Sometimes we see problems. Um, sometimes the problems are a result of the quarantine rule. I mean, you have uh, people who are of the mind that, hey, listen, I'm a parent. My choice is... We want to be in school. We want no masks. And even if there are COVID cases in school, uh, the school should still go on. No school should shut down because of cases, especially asymptomatic cases. And so you would look at what's going on in the South. And while a lot of people are pointing down to, well, they have to close schools in the South, your response would be, do they have to close schools? That was a choice, just like everything else is a choice. So it's a it's a nuanced discussion that I really don't think is happening that much uh, around this. And, and then there's also I, you want nuanced discussion. I, I think we were able to have one with, uh, and I love having him on, Doctor Russo, this morning. If you want to go back and listen to that interview, I thought it was interesting to talk with him. Um, and I think there was a little bit about schools, but mostly about the booster shot because there's new Johnson and Johnson news when it comes to the booster shot. That uh, Johnson & Johnson booster shot, right? Six months after infection will dramatically increase the amount of antibodies. And we spoke with Dr. Russo, who said, of course, right? Of course you would get an increase in antibodies if you get a booster. I mean, you got another one of the shots. You're going to see more antibodies the closer you are to the shot. And then it wanes over time. I mean, it's common sense that you'd see that. The real question is, if the boost is necessary, or even with the fewer amount of antibodies, you're t- protected the way you want to be protected from the vaccine. And I'm sorry, but Johnson & Johnson says a booster dose of their vaccine will give you more antibodies. 
isn't necessarily going to do the convincing if a vaccine booster really is necessary, right? I mean, I, I don't listen to the company who's giving the shots for advice on whether or not you need the shot. That's just, that stands to reason as well. And he also said there is a question, and it, I think it's a reasonable hypothesis, and we all remember the scientific method starts with the hypothesis. You are allowed to hypothesize, and I've been reading more and more of this as we talk about boosters, that there is a potential that reinfection or uh, an infection after getting a vaccine is as good or maybe better than getting a booster shot. It's a hypothesis, right? That's not a proven fact, but there is the idea that if you're vaccinated and then you get infected, you get a natural boost in your immune system. And maybe that boost in your immune system is more robust than if it came from a booster shot of the vaccine, which is targeting those spike proteins. So it's a reasonable question. And I thank uh, you know people like Dr. Russo who are able to have those questions to entertain those questions instead of anytime you ask a question, you know, being shut down and saying, "Well, oh, you don't believe in the science, so get out of here." I mean, that's not how it should work. And if you want to go back and listen to Dr. Russo, I'd encourage you to do so at wben.com. John in Lancaster, you're with us now on WBEN. What's on your mind? Well, I got a question. If uh Whose responsibility is it to provide for the mask? Is it the parent or the school? You have to remember that a lot of these kids, especially in the inner city, supposedly don't have enough money to buy their own lunches, so they get free lunches. So, uh, you know, is it the, the parents got to buy these masks? I mean, I don't know, John. It doesn't really matter. It's, it's a mask. They probably give them out at school. They'll probably give you a new one every day if you want. It costs like a dime. Tops little paper mask. Um, you, you probably, I like to wear the same one all the time, and I hardly ever wash it. So you can go that route. Or I pick up a new one anytime I walk in. You walk into the science museum, they say you have to wear a mask. I don't have one. Well, they give you one. It's not that big of a deal. So that's, <laughs> that's not, I don't, I don't think that's among the top issues when you're talking about the uh, masking decision in schools. Uh, which, again, goes back to something we said yesterday that we are this hyper focus on school and it is expected that you would have a hyper focus on protecting kids but it does lead to this idea out there that with schools being the one area of society right now with heavy restrictions on it that they are somehow the biggest driver of COVID because that would be the only reason why you would look at schools and say, well, if that's the area where there's all these restrictions, it must be because that's the area where there's all the concern. Even though we know that that's probably not the case, that could be the furthest thing from the case, that they're not an important driver of COVID spread, that they're, they've been the opposite. They've been a safe haven for kids for much of the past year and a half with the rates in school much lower than the rates um, you know around you're you're less likely to contract COVID in a school setting so that's why the discussion right I mean that the discussion hinges 
around schools because we're worried about the safety of children. At the same time, the discussion hinging around schools might lead to this idea that schools are the driver of spread. And what you don't want to get is a, a total acceptance of that idea. And then you go into a, a point in time, like maybe the past two months, where if you see an increase in cases, you immediately look at the schools and say, all right, close them down. I mean, that's what you're trying to avoid at all costs. And so even if you are the militant, no mask, no restrictions in school, I think you would be smart to concede because realize that we're kind of polarized and split on this. That you want to say, hey, we have these restrictions in place to ensure that the school is not shut down by something else later on. If we have an increase in cases, that's okay because there are masks and distancing inside of a classroom. I, I think that is where the concession is. That's the happy middle ground where we've uh, maybe met somebody chiming in on our text board. The schools will charge uh, the government a dollar each for the 10-cent mask. Yep, that's probably about right <laughs> if you look at the book. Uh, that's probably what you'll find <laughs> uh, a year later. The mask budget will be uh, 20 times what you would normally uh, pay for it because uh, it seems to be how it works out, right? Everything government just seems to cost as much as it possibly can with no discounts given to anybody. That includes on the paper masks, right? Uh, but no, uh, this discussion all started, if you're just joining us with Phil Rumor on with us earlier, I encourage you to go listen to that interview. I think it was very interesting. Um, Rumor did push back on a vaccination requirement for students, which I was not expecting, uh, given you know all the conversations we've had with him over the course of the last year. And I think that kind of has to go with he doesn't want a vaccination mandate for the people he represents. It leads to you and your workplace. Is there a vaccination mandate? Are you being asked? I know a lot of people are saying yes. I was actually surprised to see kind of a, a split on that. When we asked people over at WBEN.com, if you're being asked by your employer, are you vaccinated, yes or no? I mean, there's a good percentage of people who have not. I, most people I know have been asked uh, about their vaccination status. I, I Most people, I'm, I'm trying to go through in my head right now, most people have been asked who I uh, know. Now, that's not to say there's a vaccination mandate, but the request has at least been made by the employer to uh, either upload your vaccine card or yeah, just fill us in, let us know. It started around here. That was, you know, hey, let us know. And then it became, uh, all right, you have to let us know. And then it's, you know, oh, okay, and we have to see the card too <laughs> in a matter of weeks. And I have a feeling that's how a lot of places of employment are going to be. We saw it in New York City public schools where their mandate is an actual mandate. Teachers have to be vaccinated. That rule made by Mayor Bill de Blasio and it goes again to who's driving the bus, right? Who is the driver of these decisions? De Blasio makes this because, one, he has the authority to. He is, as mayor of New York City, the 
um, overlord, if you will, of New York City schools. So he has the authority to. But it is the first no-option vaccination mandate for a big group of city workers in New York. And here's the big thing with Mayor de Blasio. He is not up for re-election. Uh, he, he, he is not too worried about how popular his decision is. He can kind of do what he wants. He isn't uh, really looking at uh, whether this is going to be popular with the uh, unions that represent teachers and workers inside the school because he doesn't have to. And I do think that is a, a very big thing. When Kathy Hochul was asked this morning, why did you not go the New York City route in actually mandating? It's a mandate or you can just take a test every week. No big deal, right? She said she has to have conversations with the teachers unions on that idea of a statewide mask or excuse me, statewide vaccine mandate for schools. So I, I think that kind of goes to show and goes to tell you who is driving that conversation in that specific setting. And really who has in if we're talking big cities, you look out uh, in California, what happened in L.A. County, what happened in areas of San Francisco. They've been driving that decision for much of the last year plus. Um, and it seems to be across New York State, at least when it comes to the vaccine, that was prioritized to teachers. That discussion is being driven a little bit more by the teachers union than it is by people who may or may not have the authority to make that decision. I, th I thought it was interesting to note this morning to see that, that vaccination mandate. Uh, not really about the idea of a mandate, but looking at it more through the lens of what exactly, who exactly is in control, who exactly is making that decision. I thought it said something when SUNY schools mandated students get the vaccine, and that doesn't apply at all to the people who are also in the classroom, by the way, professors, <laughs> the people working inside the building. They're not mandated, but students, you are kicked out of classes. We'll keep your money, too, if you don't get vaccinated. They did give a grace period. Seven days as of yesterday, or excuse me, as of Monday. Watch out. Don't want to mislead anyone on that. Seven days as of Monday. But it's the students, not the teachers, who are seeing that mandate in higher education. And that is, you know, uh, a little different. There's somebody chiming in on our text board saying, de Blasio going to challenge the new governor. I just don't see that happening. I don't think you can be unpopular in the biggest city in the state and still expect to go and run against the governor, right? Um, I, I don't think it quite works that way. If he did, it would be, it would be very, <laughs> it would be something to see, I guess. It, it would kind of uh, blow my mind that he could think, well, I'm not popular enough to uh, be mayor of New York City really anymore. I'm going to go challenge the governor. Uh, and then someone else pointing out, uh, this is something that really does not get talked about a lot when it comes to the classrooms. Uh, it gets pointed out a lot when it comes to masks, how hot the classrooms are in September and then at the end of the school year as well. Very hot. And then somebody chimed in on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, no air conditioning or air purifiers to help out. Uh, you talk about areas that should have been addressed over the last year and a half. Maybe we wouldn't be having this uh, really uh, combative discussion on mask mandates in schools if we put the investment 
and we have the money. We saw the money, especially in the city of Buffalo, right? We saw how much extra money they're getting from the federal government to help them bounce back from COVID. If we looked at air purifiers in the classroom, uh, something to filter the air, something that helps with the airflow, maybe we wouldn't be having this discussion. And there's a big question. Why wasn't that given top priority as it was to every other business that had to open, right? You had to show you had some certain air purifier. I, I know businesses that had to prove that they had a certain MERV filter on an air conditioning unit that is taking in air from the outside and putting it in. You have to filter the outdoor air before it comes in. And yet those same expectations weren't made on schools. And maybe we could have avoided all of this uh, discussion if we had a little bit more focus on that a year ago. Who knows? Well, thanks for hanging out with me, uh, BMAS or Beamer, here on WBEN. Uh, we'll see what tomorrow brings. Not sure. Uh, maybe Joe will be next to me. I hope so, for the sake of my voice. I hope Joe will be next to me tomorrow. Sorry I had to listen to this all day. But uh, BMAS and Beamer will be back 9 o'clock tomorrow on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.